Setting up your meeting for Facebook Live. It says the meeting is now streaming live on Facebook. Well, Hi. welcome to the Cardinal Cast, Jerry Mack, and Facebook World. You haven't been on for a couple of weeks. I think you had a, a Chrissy Long on with you last week. And so I think we're ready to see if we can tackle some FAQs. I was just um, having Cressy come steal the show for a while to give you an opportunity to gather more questions, more emails. <laughs> I figured the one thing that you didn't have enough of right now was emails. You know, so you know. I just wanted to give you an extra week so you got yeah. all the questions so then we could tackle them together. And it worked too, because I got more questions and I got more emails also. So, yeah. I was responding to emails. It was about 8.45. And I'm a really, you guys, I am like a, the kids know. I'm a crazy early riser and a very early to bed type of gal. So when I looked at my computer last night, it was 8.45. I was like, what am I doing? So <laughs> that, that's like, the kids will know when I email them at 8.45, that's like the equivalent of when they email me at like 12 in the morning, you know, 12.30 when they're still up. They're like, oh, Mrs. Watson's not on her A game now. She needs some sleep. I was doing uh, some home visits uh, each of the last few weeks. And one thing I found out right away is um, 10 o'clock in the morning is way too early to catch high school students. Um, There's several of them I actually had one stop yesterday and said, yeah, you can call me or email, but do it after lunch, do it afternoon. So I'm awake. <laughs> and I'm like on my downward slide of the day yep. by 10, 10 a.m. I like peak at eight and then it's all downhill from there. Well, a couple of the teachers were telling me they get emails, you know, the, the timestamps on the work that's turned in at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Crazy. I'm not surprised. I'm not. Yeah. Our schedules do not align with our, with our clientele. <clears throat> so we want to do, this is COVID report, mm -hmm. like Colbert report. We're going to do a little bit of variety show. I, um, I am going to like, let you lead this since I took last week and, and tell me like some of the questions you you've been getting my email slammed, but I feel like mine's super positive. Can I talk about mine real quick? Yeah, absolutely. We'll take positive. So, so here's, and you asked me this before we went live on like, what are the questions you're fielding the most? Cause we're trying to do this Google document together of like, how can we get out there to um, the Shadron community and even larger community if people watch this and just answer questions that we're dealing with with COVID. And honest to Pete, my email, and, and part of it's because um, Mrs. Barry is helping me send out schedules and all this stuff. My email has been filled. Like last night, I had Matt guess how many emails I got from 3.45 to that whatever time it was, 6.30 p.m. And it was like 34 <laughs> emails, but they were all super positive. Like, hey, Mrs. Watson, I've been thinking about college. What do you think about me taking an online class? What do you think about this school? Um, uh, what do you think if we did this class instead of this? I mean, it is super exciting stuff. It's one of those things when I send one email back, it like elicits 10 back and it's, it's a lot of back and forth. But um, I can tell our students at Shadron High School are super razzed for next school year. I think they're really excited for the future. And I think that's positive because I am a like need something to look forward to type of gal. And so when I'm getting these emails from the kids, how excited they are for classes next year. And when they're thinking about college, I mean, some of them are sophomores and juniors that are sending me these emails about what do you think about this? Um, so it's all really positive stuff. And I'm happy to hear that. Because I think if, if they were incredibly overwhelmed by the schoolwork right now, I would be hearing other emails, like the I'm overwhelmed emails. And I'm hearing like really positive thinking of the future kind of stuff, so. Um, it's kind of nice to hear uh, Tom Minky, our school board president. He's been on the school board for quite a few years. Um, he mentioned to the admin team, um, well, it's been a little over a week ago that he gets these contacts from the public and from parents. And as a school board member, those normally aren't all positive. And he said um, for about a two week run, it was nothing but positive. I mean, people initiating contact to him, to the school board president to give a compliment. Um, and that's been my um, reflection here as well as um, so impressed with the support and patience of our, of our not just the students, but the parents. Um, we're trying a different format of, of learning that we just haven't done before. Uh, we were not making preparations to do this for, you know, a, a year ahead of time or 
even weeks ahead of time. We did this on about two, two to three days notice. Um, and so we were just coming out like, oh, I could tell right away. We're, we're pushing too much out too fast and um, trying to scale back and then trying to figure out how to get uh, supports in there for students that need help with homework. Um, it just, I've been so appreciative of the support and patience that parents have been giving us because it just felt like we were stumbling over ourselves trying to figure it out. But yeah, you know, the analogy I keep using is, is a car, a parked car. You can't steer a parked car. It has to get the wheels moving so that you can make corrections and steer. And um, when we got the wheels moving on this thing as remote learning, we were just stumbling all over ourselves. But from there, we were able to start steering it and guiding it. And uh, it's gotten a lot better. Uh, right now, my efforts have been on that um, three to 5% of the students that are just not participating fully. Um, you know, and some have not participated at all um, in this learning and just trying to make sure that I'm out there knocking on doors um, a couple of days a week is, is what it's been lately, just trying to uh, make sure that people know that, you know, teachers have been trying to contact students and we've been delivering or have packets and, and all kinds of different options for them uh, to find out what works. So um, it, it's been a learning, a steep learning curve for all of us, but yeah, so I thought this episode we'd just do, you know, uh, the frequently asked questions and, and I get them mostly via email <clears throat> and uh, occasionally, you know, um, stuff will get shared or brought in or, you know, the phones are still working so you can call. Um, it. This goes from all of our administrators in our district. We really do need feedback from parents. Don't, you're not going to offend us if you're going to tell us what's not working for you right now. That's the stuff we need to hear most right now. We, I, I need some honest feedback of what not, what is not working, where our failures are, so we can improve those areas. Because um, we've got plenty of time left um, to to get some uh, to get credits for high school, and that's what's different about K through eight. They don't have credits on a transcript, so it's just opportunities to learn and to stay at grade level. Well, high school, it's about credits, um, and we're talking the entire fourth quarter was missed due to closure, and so that's. You know, in a normal class that goes a semester, that means that's a half a credit um, that students need to do something to earn is kind of where we're at. So, um, but the first thing I want to mention, I just need to continue to put plugs in for the school lunches. So um, the, the questions we were getting right away were, do you have to be a low income family to receive lunches? And the answer is no. The and lunch no, and you're not taking away from a low income family by participating. That Thank is the you. thing I need. I just need you to understand you taking a lunch. We, I know there was one day we ran out of lunches or it felt like we did because there wasn't, there was more a different location, but you're not taking anyone, anyone's lunch away. So. In fact, it helps keep, uh, to keep some people employed with jobs that we have lunches to prepare. And so Tuesdays and Thursdays are food prep days and others are cutting up the vegetables and doing different things. And then Monday, Wednesday, and Friday are the three serving days. Uh, they serve from 11 to 1230. Um, it takes a lot of people to provide. We're up to about 400, I think, a day. Um, and those lunches are double lunches. Um, you know, there's enough food in each, each lunch, I'll call it each bag, uh, for two days of breakfast and a lunch um, for two days. And then on Fridays, we try to put three in there. Um, so it helps that you're consuming, that you're participating in this. This is a um, a federal program. So it's like the summer lunch program. It's there uh, every year. We just were able to start it sooner. Um, so please come participate. Um, our staff, we're encouraging, get your kids, pick up your lunches. We, we've been doing that as well. You know, we want to model what this is about. Um, if I had uh, kids at home, I'd be grabbing some lunches. Just let us help with the grocery bill right now. I mean, there's enough challenges financially and economically that um, if you've got, like for us at the high school level, if you have teenagers in your house every day, I can't imagine the groceries you're going through. So just allow us to help. Uh, and by us, I'm talking about a federal program. Um, just come come participate. Uh, the other question was, well, do, do we need to call ahead and, and reserve lunch? No, just show up. Um, we had run out at, at the middle school area on a couple of different occasions, but we had enough lunches over at the intermediate to tell people to drive over there to pick them up. So those are the two locations where you can pick those up. Uh, we've been just slowly increasing. We got up to 400 and then whatever day it was that we had 20 to 30 or 40 leftover that we had to kind of hold back. So for us, it is a little hard gauging the numbers. So it helps that you're consistent 
um, that you'll participate with us and just continue to part participate with us um, as we go. So, so yeah, participate. So the, the Watsons, we've been, I've been participating and it's just amazing, Jerry. Like just, especially if you're trying to do, and I have little kids at home, if you're trying to do the like protocol of one grocery trip a week, it is really a lot harder than I ever thought it would be. And just having those lunches and like for us, it's milk, right? Having milk because you can't go buy gobs of milk as much as your kids might drink for, for that extended period of time or like carrots or some produce that lasts and just having some extra resources. I hope everybody uses that. And I know we've been pounding it every yep. week and I know it feels uncomfortable um, that it's a handout, but it's something we want to provide for the community and it's something we're able to provide and we want everyone to use it and it's beneficial. It really is. Yep. Um, I bet you're getting, oh, go ahead. Mm -hmm. uh, in a, it's a summer program that you schools do anyway. I mean, this is, we're just able to start it uh, earlier um, for this national program as well. So yeah, it's just to have participation. We would be serving breakfasts and lunches here uh, if we had normal school. We just, we were just unable to do that. So yeah, let us help you out. Send your kids. Like I said, we're, um, I really tried to encourage our staff to participate with their children so we can model that this is for everyone. It is, there's nothing to do with income here. Just come through, pick up your lunches. Uh, just say how many you need to pick up. Uh, sometimes they'll ask for the family name. I don't know if they're doing that much anymore. Uh, we did early on uh, to kind of gauge it, but it's for ages one through 18. If you're in the community, come, come get some, some groceries. So we talked a little bit before we hit record on, it's a little bit different when you are the parent of an elementary age kid doing um, the homeschool virtual learning and I think high school. Um, just, I think there's a lot of differences. One, I'm probably more competent at a third graders helping than I might be with chemistry. Like, let's be honest, right. I say the word stoichiometry, but I don't know what it means. Um, so we, we say there's a lot of differences. The other thing that puts us in a little bit of a bind, to be honest, is this whole idea of like credits um, and what we have to report and how you graduate, where when you're in fourth grade, you're just learning to learn, right? It's more right. enrichment. Um, and we're so happy at all of our kids participating, but I bet you get this question all the time. How do I know, like at the high school level, how do parents know if their kids are completing the work? Because they know it's important and we, they know they want credits. How, how do they know? I'm going to tie this in with a second question that, that I shared with you that we just got from a, a student asking about their grade in the class. So I'll try to cover the, uh, both of those. <clears throat> so how do you know your student is participating? Um, go to Infinite Campus, go to the campus portal that parents have access to. Every student has an uh, account as well. Um, parents, if this is something you haven't been doing in the past years, it's probably time you, you get involved or at least have your student pull up Infinite Campus so they can see their campus portal. Now, here's the warning. We changed how we are grading on Infinite Campus. And so every assignment is worth one point. When the, when the assignment has been done to a mastery level determined by the teacher, in other words, it was done good enough, then the student gets the one point. Otherwise, they'll get a zero, meaning that assignment, that particular assignment that's on Infinite Campus just isn't done. Um, the teachers are pretty good about putting notes in there like uh, that something was turned in and it just wasn't good enough so they have, the student has a, the chance to redo it or improve it to get the credit. So that has changed the percentage that's on Infinite Campus. So I just got through getting an email of a teacher and myself from one of our freshmen that said, is there something I can do to improve my grade? It's at a 75%. Is there extra credit? And so I quick looked at Infinite Campus just to double check. Sure enough, she is 75% done with the class. That's how many of those one points that she has already got. And she only has 25% of the class left. So she's going to be done with that class. And when you're done, that means you get a 100%. So we're not doing anything with grades anymore, nothing with GPAs. Um, any GPA, any grades were locked, letter grades were locked in at the end of the third quarter. And so what you're seeing on the campus portal is we have asked for the teachers to list the assignments left, put the one points in for each of the assignments done uh, to the mastery level. And that way, as a parent, you can get on there. You can see what's left. You can see the ones that were done versus the ones that aren't done yet. Um, but just know that the percentage you see is not a grade. It's just the progress. It's what percent done they are with that class. So 
hopefully that helps a little bit. It's we, this is not the new grading system. We won't be doing this. I hope we're not doing this next fall. Um, this is simply the way we're getting through the school closure to track whether assignments were turned in or not. So let's rapid fire a couple on that list too. Um, do students get credits for classes that were canceled this quarter? Yes. Yes, yep. they do. Yep. We're doing no harm here. We credit. Let's give an example of that. So Lonnie, what's a class that got canceled? Uh, world geography. Yep. Would world geography. Exa example of Crafting, woods, welding, FCS, welding. Culinary. Yep. Ba band. Credit, credit, choir. credit. Yep. Yep. And All here's of an those, example yep. yeah, of something I talked about with, with one of the teachers. Some of the teachers are going to do some offerings. I'm just going to use culinary too as an example. Um, if those students, because they missed a full quarter of like the really fun stuff in culinary too, our teachers, most of them are like, let them take it again. Let's go if they want yeah. to. And we'll figure out a way how to retitle that and get them more credits um, on a transcript. So you'll get credit. You could get more credit later. Um, all positives right there. Right. So any class we had to cancel that we're not offering in remote, you got the credit, full credit for, even just as if you passed the fourth quarter and you were here. Yep. Now, um, the other one is, okay, GPA. So GPA, yeah. because we're not grading anymore with this mastery thing, so we just had to stop and lock in the GPA at the end of the third quarter. So for us, the school closure happened during spring break, which was the day before the start of fourth quarter is when we made a decision on a Sunday evening that the school would be closed. And so we had completed the entire third quarter, had not started a single day of fourth quarter. Um, and so for us, we just locked in the GPA at the end of that third quarter. Everything after that is just about a credit on a transcript. We're just trying to see if you can produce enough work to get a credit at a transcript. And what we're really trying to do is to keep you at grade level. We're trying to provide enough learning opportunities that you're not going to slip and fall behind or lose any knowledge that we can continue to practice, that we can continue to present some new material um, to keep you at grade level. So we're not slipping any ground. Um, but that's why it's so minimal. Like the classes now, I I'm just going to totally guess here. What would have been fourth quarter of, say, government, you're probably doing 10% of, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it just because time wise, it's just where I've asked teachers to about 30 minutes maximum commitment per day is all I expect uh, out of them uh, per student. Um, and I asked for about no more than two hours per week per class uh, that a student is committed uh, to their classroom, just because there's other things. Uh, more important right now that it, with their families um, that are just a higher priority, babysitting siblings. Um, we've got kids out working. We've got um, families with high risk members that are just trying to be a little ultra safe. And, and so uh, education is not the highest priority. Uh, we're just trying to provide some opportunities. So, so no grades, no GPA change. You can't increase your GPA to the fourth quarter. The senior valedictorian salutatorian were determined by the end of the third quarter since there are no more grades after that. It's just the fairest way to do it. Well, good. I think it's do no harm. I think it's positive. I think we'll get kids credit. We'll, we'll, and when I say, and I, I should be really clarify that when I should say they could have, have an opportunity to take a class over again, when I talk about like woods two or welding two or culinary or something that they were creating a project that they didn't get to finish, um, we're, we're not going to force kids to take stuff over no, again no. as long as you show up in this virtual setting you just show up baby and you get your credit well so let's talk about that scenario so the next question is what about the classes we are offering mm -hmm. so do those students get credit what's your thoughts there you show up you do what's yeah. expected the nice thing about this i love the the zero or one if i'm a parent I can look at infinite campus and I can just see complete, 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 not yeah. complete. And I don't have to grind over like, oh, complete, but they got a 50% on or, right. or whatnot. So yeah. I actually really like that model. And when you say we're hopefully we're not grading like this next year, I'm kind of like, oh, but what if we did? Yeah. What if, what if, uh, you know, and this is me just being crazy. What if everything was a zero one and when it was to satisfactory completion, then it turned yeah. one. Uh, but anyway, that's my brain going off in tangents. Uh, but yeah, so just get it done. Get it, what a blessing. You get it done, learn. If you're working, mm -hmm. like I know we've got a couple kids that are working at nursing homes and they have to do them at, at different hours and some kids working at Safeway and whatnot. 
um, they really get to individualize the hours to what works for them and the time. We might have kids that are done with their classes really soon, right, Mr. Yeah. Mack? Like soon, we, soon. We have some done already. Right. Um, uh, we had a couple of classes that we did offer. Um, there were elective classes and, they, and they, they had like four or five assignments and they're done. Um, now, the student might not be done, but the new material is done being offered. So we're trying to focus more on the core classes. Um, you know, the, the issue we're going to run into is a, a class that we are currently offering and a student does half the work. Yeah. You know, because we have pared this stuff down where we're doing about 10% of what we normally would have, we're asking for the student to participate with us. And if they don't participate, if they don't do any of the work, we, I'm sorry, but I cannot give you credit for the fourth quarter when we have sent you emails, we have called your home. Mr. Mack has already knocked on your door at your house and dropped off multiple times to the students not participating. We're, we're doing everything we can to tell you that this, these opportunities are out there for you to finish credit. So one thing I worry about is let's say a math class math, science, and English, something that's required eventually for graduation. Let's say you're a freshman right now and you're in algebra one and you were in it third quarter and did fine, you had a C. And then we get to fourth quarter and you didn't do, you didn't participate. You're not even doing the work. And we have, we keep calling you. We've talked to your parents. We've talked to you. We've knocked on your door. We've dropped stuff off in your mailbox and you just, just didn't do the work. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't give you credit for something you didn't do. And algebra one or that math class is a requirement for graduation. You're going to end up rescheduling and have to take classes that um, that's one where we're, our job is not to hurt you, but you could hurt, hurt yourself, you know? And so I just want to warn you that on those classes that are required, for, you know, you, you do need credits on a transcript to graduate. Now, the good news is that for a freshman, we can graduate you on time. You know, we're blessed with the block scheduling and we've had plenty of opportunities. Worst case scenario, you'd have to do some summer school sometime between now and your senior year. Um, but we can do that and get you to graduate on time. Um, but it is important that you participate. Students participate with us. We will be flexible. We already are flexible um, in what we're offering. So that's one thing we're running into. And those are I've been doing. I started doing one trip a week doing home visits of just those students who aren't participating. And I started with the seniors, like the ones closest to graduation. And um, what I found out the last couple of weeks, I've been doing multiple days of just driving around town and dropping off. If no one answers the door, I just stick it in the mailbox or stick it in the door, a, a note, uh, trying to communicate that, hey, your teachers are out there waiting for you and you're either way behind or you're not participating. And that's a very a small percentage of students, but and some of it is just encouragement. I, I just like going around to the houses and like some of our seniors, like, God, you're really doing this. You know, like three of them yesterday were seniors that I just want to tell them, here's your progress. Here's where you're at. I printed it out, left you a note. And just like, I'm just really proud of you. You're going to get this done. You know, you're a week away. Okay. Yes. So. Um, internet is too slow. Packets, mm -hmm. packets, packets. We got them for you. Um, call the office, yeah. come pick up a packet. Teachers are doing a good job about getting the learning within there. And they're mm -hmm. always game for a phone call if you don't have good internet. Um, I'm amazed in our community at like how poor the internet quality is and it just right outside of town. Like, I know that's got to be terribly frustrating for people. So just call, call the high school. We'll, we'll get you packets. So a couple things there. One is I live outside of town and I don't have internet at home either other than cellular. Um, and it's hit and miss. It's, it's hard for me sometimes to stream, uh, certain videos. And then sometimes I kind of can, um, that's why we have, and we have some teachers that live rural and it's the same situation. So they're coming into the school every day so that they can, cause they, that way they have better internet than they have in their home. So just the rule setting that we're in, we understand that that's, that's hit and miss. Um, do let us know if you want packets. We have some students who, when they live with mom in town during the week, they have good internet when they live with dad. And just as an example out in the country, they have poor internet or no internet. So they're doing packets roughly every other week. No problem. Just let us know. Our teachers will create packets um, for you as well. And you just simply stop at the front door and pick them up. Uh, so we have many families that come in just once a week and just do a packet exchange. You drop off the ones you have done. 
we grab the ones that are waiting for you. Uh, but it really helps if we know you're coming because the teachers put a sticky note, they put your name on the packet. That way I know I'm handing you the right one. Yep. Um, so that's how that works. Perfect. Um, I bet okay. you're getting a crazy amount of questions about graduation. You know, we've had a few, we've had a few. So we've made some decisions on it, um, which has helped um, a lot. It's not, um, nothing we can do is going to be what I would want it to be. And so, and I think when I visit with the seniors and their parents when, that joined me in a Zoom meeting, I think they understand that I don't get control over this either. It's very, I've dealt with a lot of grieving myself with um, all the events and these ceremonies that are being lost uh, this spring, how I'd like to honor this, this group of seniors. But um, one is uh, the seniors didn't want a virtual graduation. It's like, no problem. We don't have to have, we could if that's what they wanted, but they don't want anything that's called a virtual graduation on May 9th. So it's like, no problem. And they wanted a graduation date for the summer. No problem. So we put one on there for July. I feel that's a long shot that they would allow a, a large group setting prior to a vaccine for this uh, coronavirus. Um, but we did that because that's what they asked. Um, and we would be willing to host that. I have no, no problems with that. And I hope public health guidelines change and allow this. Right now, they're the commissioner um, with the support of the governor and public health districts are saying um, that any school that violates these public health guidelines with having groups of people um, with these ceremonies um, is going to be a violation of accreditation for the school and it could be a violation they could go for the certificate of the administrators of those districts or those schools. Um, so it's very serious that we follow this. They're putting more teeth behind it, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, we are the, the part I wanted to push for all along, and I, I didn't know how the seniors would feel about it, but it seemed to be okay, was I, no matter what, I knew from the beginning, I wanted to celebrate the seniors on May 9th, what was going to be their, their graduation day. I don't want to wait one minute past 1 o'clock p.m. May 9th, the scheduled graduation, to celebrate our seniors. And so um, we're really trying to get the community to help us with uh, doing some, um, whether it's signage in your windows or, or on the marquees at the businesses. Um, I've, we've got some signs and some stuff we'll be posting. We're going to have some videos uh, or video that'll go out on that day as well. So we want to celebrate our class of 2020 on May 9th. Um, however, we can uh, follow in the public health guidelines. Um, and then we did put a July date out there as well. And you know, Jerry, I'm kind of considering, I, I probably will put something out there um, to seniors on this. And I, I've been kind of working on some videos and some things. Um, it is normal to be like the stages of grief through this graduation. Yeah. It freaking sucks. And anything that we do and put together, and then I told you this earlier, it's going to be underwhelming. Like an example was the lights on at the track, like Fridays. That is so awesome. Like, I love it. Let's like totally celebrate the class yeah. of 2020. I had a, a senior text me and say, well, well, what do we, so they now turn what? the lights on. Now what, what do I do? And I was yeah. like, nothing. You can't do anything, sister. You can't congregate. You can't get rally. together. Can't. You can't parade. Mm -hmm. Like it is all very scripted of what you can and can't do. And so I understand that this is going to be underwhelming and like, it's okay. If you're a senior or senior parent and you're at the stage of like, we talk about stages of grief, like first it's denial, right? Well, if we just all stay home for two weeks then we can have normal graduation, right? Like denial. Mm -hmm. And then it's yeah. anger. If you're ticked off, that's normal or blame or, you know, kind of those stages of grief because it, it just, it's going to look a lot different and it's going to be whatever it is, whether it's a video virtual, you know, maybe we'll get together in July, maybe we want, but it, it probably will be underwhelming at first. And it's okay if it's, if you're frustrated, like we all are freaking frustrated. Like we, we are so bummed that we can't have a normal graduation ceremony. And here's the funny thing about graduation. Like our ceremonies don't change. <laughs> They're really the same every year for as long as I've ever been in uh, high school education. Uh, what's really special about graduation, I think, is like the time with family after um, and the, you know, those kind of things after. So the ceremony you know, whether we do it virtual and I know the radio wants to put something out there too, and we'll walk through that and that'll be very normal. You know, that is what we do. You just won't be sweating next to the person beside you because it's so hot in there. Um, but that this real special part about graduation necessarily isn't 
like, sorry, Jerry, it's not necessarily your speech, <laughs> although you're a good speaker, but it's like the family time, I feel yeah. like. No, 100%, you know, 1,200 people crowded in a, in a high school gym, body odor and heat and all that, yeah. Um, and what's funny, you know, and as an adult, and I don't expect these seniors to understand this, but as an adult, what we know is that you don't remember a lot about the ceremony. You do remember some pictures that were taken in caps and gowns. You remember the receptions. For some reason, those are the things, you know, that um, are, are special. And, and even some of that, like your family members being able to travel in from out of state, just can't happen now. And, and it's just, it is what it is. And one thing that I, and I, there was no nice way or there's, there's no way we could have done anything different, but by making a decision uh, on what we were doing allowed the grieving process to begin because the, the May graduations were not going to happen, period. Um, and I think there's going to be more guidelines even for summer opportunities. They're, they're already giving us some guidelines on what you should or should not be doing um, in regards to gatherings and graduations. So um, it allows time. We need, we need time. Grief takes time. And so by putting those dates on there and allowing us to, it came at the same time that the NSAA canceled all the spring activities. And it was just hard. It was hard on me physically hard on me with anxieties over that. It was just it was just one of the hardest things I have done. Um, and I felt like a lot of it was just, we had no control. I have no control, they have no control and that creates chaos and stress and anxiety. And that's why, well, the one thing we can control is a day to celebrate the class of 2020. And so that'll be May 9th and we'll find out how to do that. Another question was uh, the diplomas. Well, when are we gonna get the diplomas? The um, the National Honor Society chords, the 4.0 chords, the Val and Sal, we're going to do all that at checkout. Um, and that was one thing directed by our superintendent. She said, we're not going to hold the diplomas hostage as we wait out a graduation opportunity or for a ceremony. And I agree with that and, and, and um, I, I fully support that. And so when we do checkout, um, parents were saying, well, we don't want them just to be handed a diploma at the front door. And so to kind of find a medium ground where I'm setting up a fake, uh, or it won't be fake, uh, I'm setting up a backdrop of what the graduation stage would look like. And we're going to set it up outside on the track. And when seniors come in to do checkout, they'll check out at the front door and I'll have them and their family, if they have some with them, a group smaller than 10 um, can show up and we will have their diploma sitting there for them. Um, so they can take pictures with what would have been the backdrop of the stage and then get pictures. And that's when we're also going to film the video. So we just have to make sure we're honoring the, the 10 people and six foot spacing and all that. And we feel confident, uh, confident that we can do that. And so we'll record a little video. So that's part of the video we'll add for the May 9th celebration. So that's the rest of it um, that we have at this time for, for seniors and, and um, in that process. What about a deadline for all students to complete their work. So we know we want seniors out and done by May 9th on to the next most exciting part of their lives. That's the silver lining under all this is because the real fun starts now. Um, and, and once school gets rolling up and their new jobs and all that stuff. Uh, what about the rest of the kids? Do we have a hard fast deadline for when their stuff needs to be completed by? Yeah, so we've battled within our building on this topic because uh, teachers want deadlines like this has to be done this week. This is what's done the next week. This is and my point is there's one deadline and that one deadline is May 22nd. I support them with a pacing guide is what I call it because they just, they just demand that, nope, it's gotta be this week or it's not done. And my point is mastery learning doesn't happen on a date on a calendar that's convenient for you. It can happen a week after that or a day after that. Um, However, for transcripts and credits and those things for school, we need to have an ending date. And so that is the regular scheduled May 22nd end of school. That's when we want to be done. Um, that's when we can lock in the credits. Teachers, truthfully, are going to go off contract after that. And so I'm not going to have them available to teach, to grade, to, um, to do those things. And that's why we have to have one deadline. So it has to all be in turned in by May 22nd. Uh, we've asked our teachers not to provide any new material after, and there's no hard point here, but roughly May 8th, I think might be a Friday. Um, that way it gives us another uh, week and a half or so to get work turned in uh, before that May 22nd deadline. 
So I assume we're going to have a lot of our student body done with their classes early in May, probably two weeks before that May 22nd deadline. Awesome. So yep. we'll have a flurry of seniors coming to check out here in a week or two, and then um, the rest of the students will come check out as they yep. finish their classes. Yep. Well, that'll be good too to stagger them yep. um, for social distancing. You know, one thing that, you know, you just can't see it ahead of time, but when we had to make decisions on what classes we couldn't offer just because they're more of a hands-on kind of class versus maybe a traditional lecture, um, I found out, and this was really strange, we have some freshmen, and I think there's probably four or five, maybe at least freshmen, that only have one class. Yeah. And so I know it's going to be done early. I mean, it could be done probably within about two weeks. So, um, and if that's the case for the freshmen, I assume that's the case for every grade. And I, I just found that hard for me to believe that it's like, sure enough, when you look at the quarter rotation classes and just the way this... You know, our fall schedules are different than our, our spring offerings. And sure enough, we've, we've got some, we've got students in this building right now with four classes being offered because that's block scheduling. That's normal for us. Um, and we've got, uh, I think I have a, I, I know of a senior that doesn't have any classes. They're done. Yeah. So it's just, there's a, a big range of, of uh, what each student has kind of for their own uh, homework. It, go ahead. It'll be interesting to see if they, uh, come in to check out early when they finish or if they hang on to those Chromebooks for a little bit longer, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Mac. <laughs> you know, so that's that question is about checkout. And, and so outside of seniors, um, one of the questions we got right away from underclassmen was, well, how are we going to check out? How are we going to uh, return things? And that'll just be at the front door. When you, when you as a student are done with all of your classes, um, just come to the front door and Right now, I've got teachers working on the checkout sheet. So in other words, teachers can write down what it is every student needs to turn in. So you just meet us at the front door and we're gonna do a front door exchange of the Chromebook, calculators, textbooks, whatever you need to turn in, pay your lunch fine, lunch, um, not fine, your lunch dues or account, uh, get yeah, it in the positive. You just know that I have a bill and then I need to pay my lunch bill. Yeah, so you're saying my fine. <laughs> Yeah. So anyways, those things are, uh, will take place right at the front door. Uh, with the school closure, we, we're not allowing students in the building. We, we will escort them if they need to get something out of a PE locker or a hall locker. But I think most of that is done already. So we'll just do front door exchanges at checkout. Good. So I think the only thing we haven't hit, and this is the, I'm interested to see this on the list is activities because yeah. I don't field any of those questions. And if I do get them, I send them right on to Mr. Pope. Um, but what, what are the big activities questions that you guys yeah. are getting right now? So this I just found out today. So Jay Beller is, is the, uh, well, I didn't find him, him today, but so he's the new uh, executive director of NSAA, of the state activities director. He had sent an email to all of the building administrator principals earlier this week. And what I found out today was Mr. Pope, our activities director, was asking me, I said, well, gosh, you know, in Jay's email where he talked about um, physicals or, or eligibility, that's the first I learned that when, when Jay emailed that out, it only went to building principals. It didn't go to the activities director, so they were unaware, but it was their list of, they have about five or six questions um, that were being answered, and one was about physicals. So as you know, every year we have to have physicals. Um, the state requires some, just like um, uh, for incoming students at different grades, and then the NSAA for activities, and this is for their catastrophic uh, uh, liability or insurance policy is requires physicals for students uh, prior to sports practices. Um, so the NSAA has released or uh, some of the requirements. So they're just saying the new, the incoming freshmen that will participate in activities will have to have a physical before next fall. Don't schedule the physical yet. They want it sometime after May 1st. And um, at this time we're, um, families are going to have to go to the clinic and, and uh, schedule those to get those done. And we might have some different options later this summer. Um, but at this time, the incoming freshman or any student who has never had a physical but going out for an activity, those are the only ones. They're going to go ahead and honor the current high school students for next year. Um, keep in mind that there's a state requirement that incoming seventh graders also have to have physicals. That's not because of activities. That's just a state requirement. So one thing I can share right now is the 
next fall's seventh grade, all of them, and freshman activities will have to have physicals. Um, the rest won't, and so that's helpful in a way. Um, the the other one from the activities, um, which kind of surprised me, and this is the one Mr. Pope and I started talking about, was uh, parents were asking, can they hold their child back if he or she received two? Can they hold their child back and then he or she receives an additional year of eligibility because of the loss of the spring season due to COVID-19? No, no. Let me answer Real that question. question. No. <laughs> no but, you cannot. So Nor what should if your, you. your sophomore is a track star? I know. It's sad. So can you just hold that student back and be a sophomore again next year for eligibility? The answer is no. Mm -hmm. Lost season is a lost season. Um, the NSAA goes by the great, the high school uh, participation, um, not by eligibility like uh, collegiate athletes. So, so and um, that gets back to, to, I talk about this all the time in parent meetings, and I probably haven't enough on these Facebook lives, but when you come, when your kid goes to high school and you have your first like meetings with me, this idea that your kid's going to make money off their athletic abilities in college is very far-fetched. I mean, it just, it just uh, athletic scholarships. And that's interesting. I'm really glad to know. I saw it on the list that it wasn't a Chattern high school parent that asked that, that it was coming from the state, but the, we are still holding on as parents to these ideas that athletics is going to pay the way for kids to go to college. And it might help a tiny bit, but I don't think parents realize how few and far between those athletic scholarships are and how little they usually are for <laughs> like they're right. really usually only for like 500 to a thousand dollars a year at max to start and that is that's peanuts compared to what college actually costs i'm, I'm glad you said that be, um gosh i, I kind of almost want to have a little discussion about the new michael jordan documentary that's oh, out i and watched the, it oh that's amazing where he doesn't make varsity a sophomore year but they interviewed his mom they didn't spend a lot of time asking him about it. They interviewed his mom and she never once said, well, I called the coach and I, you know, and then I went and petitioned and then I went and she just told him she needs to work harder. And I was like, oh, no excuses. Just get after it. Um, but the other thing uh, that you were talking about is the, the scholarships and the finances for college. What you and I know is the money is in academics and, the, and being a good student through high school pays you well. That's where the money is at. Um, to be an athlete, you can be scholarship. We, we get a lot of students going to play college uh, sports uh, and receive a scholarship. But what you and I know, they're like a, a $500, you know, books or something. They're small because the colleges, they, they only are, they're allotted so many scholarships. And so they, they try to spread them out and get as much bang for their buck. It is really rare to get a full tuition scholarship, super rare. It's just not necessary. You'll get your money a lot more money in the academic side of things of being a good student. Um, and if you're not a good student, colleges aren't going to bank a lot. You know, I mean, you're a risk factor. Um, so in other words, a college can't really afford because they're not, they're not going to be really assured that you're going to stay in college. If you're, if you didn't do good academically in high school, um, it's just too big of a risk. In other words, you'd have to be a, a freak athlete in high school to receive scholarship based on really low performing high school academics. Um, so we just know over and over the money, the easy money and far more money is in the academic side. By all means, go be a, 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 an athlete and, and participate in college, um, but let it be paid through your, your academics and, your, and what you accomplish through high school. So I so I'm getting like crazy counselor on that parent, but I want to meet that parent and I want to talk to him because that's very clearly a question from a parent who's in the grief process. Mm -hmm. And they're either in the denial or anger phase of the grief process of like, I am angry for my kid and for us that we lost this experience this spring. And, um, you know, they're questioning and trying to, to come up with ways to, and all it is like when you're stuck in those phases of grief, all you're trying to do, you talked about it earlier, like your anxiety, you're trying to regain control, right? So like, right. if I help hold my kid back next year, I get re I regain control of this situation. And it's just, I, I really want to, I want to sit down in a room and have a counseling session with that parent because that's what they're doing, right? Yeah. So asking that question. And I know those questions have kind of like come into my brain. And you said yours have come in the, in the form of like physical anxieties. It's like, oh, 
or the anger, I get stuck in the anger sometimes. And it's like, all anger is, is me trying to regain control of an uncontrollable situation. Like that's all it is. So sorry, I got all counseling there, but that's what no. I want to, I want to counsel that parent, non-shattered high school parent a little bit. That, that's where my anxieties were coming from was trying to control what you just absolutely have no control over. And that is what stress is. That, that, that's a huge trigger for stress. So, Hey, last question. We've gone a long time today. Yep. Um, speaking of control, things that we have very little control over, what do you think next fall is going to look like? Oh, good. I was hoping you weren't going to ask about emails, a number of emails. Oh, we forgot. We skipped that one. Do you want to do that one first? <laughs> no. Yeah, no, just real quickly. Students were saying, they're overwhelmed with emails and I've got stories I could tell you they're overwhelmed. Well, we, these, some of our teachers, a lot of these classes weren't teaching with Google classroom prior to this closure. So now teachers are creating a Google classroom, which means they can dump all of the assignments into Google classroom. And it's one place the student can go uh, to access the work and they, it can even submit the work and do, you know, all of that, all the communication can take place within what's called Google classroom. The downside is, now that the teachers have to dump all the assignments in there, Google Classroom is sending an email notice to every single student on every single assignment going in. Those are not the emails you need to be reading and worrying about. And um, I think you can go into your settings and change that so you don't get an email. But by default, every time a teacher is putting an assignment in there, every single teacher that is doing Google Classroom, then all of a sudden emails are showing up. Plus, it's the only way we can communicate right now. We can't stand in front of a classroom and give directions. And so those have, those are being done through uh, emails as well. So um, I apologize, it feels overwhelming, but uh, please know that some of those emails are just those default emails um, that are sent from the teacher's Google Classroom account. So uh, don't worry about that. Uh, if it's any those. consolation, I have 60 unread in my inbox right now. And it was, I cleaned it up last night, went to bed at nine, clicked final and I have 60. So kids, I feel you. We'll make it through. It'll be all right. If it's any consolation. Now I'm not talking unread. So I just archive, I keep yeah. important emails. I just kind of archive. So I, in other words, um, I get rid of those and I delete junk emails, but I'll read an email, but I'll keep it in my inbox because it's something that I might need to serve or something later. Um, as a teacher, I was able to clean out and have zero in my inbox at uh, read or unread at the end of each week. As a principal, it's too many. Um, right now, true number, 19,201 emails are sitting in my inbox right now. Uh, Almost all, I've got just some from today that are unread, um, but it, oh, it's just terrible. It's just gross. Uh, back to your question. What about next fall? Don't, no idea. Um, I can tell you this, the state um, uh, advisory group for the commissioner uh, of superintendents um, said that schools need to start considering a contingency plan for next fall. Um, they're going to push the commissioner of education and the governor to set a date where a decision will be made on how to start school next fall. Um, different scenarios they're looking at is ones, you know, everything's somehow magically back to normal and we start school on time. Two, waiting and starting after Labor Day, like waiting a, a few more weeks will maybe help in some regards or something. Um, three, just going to a remote learning to start next school year. And what we're trying to buy time is time to get to a vaccine, in my opinion. Um, another one was go ahead and start school um, for a week to get equipment, supplies, and stuff to the kids, and then go to remote learning um, for an undisclosed amount of time. And the last, the fifth um, uh, idea proposed was to, if a school can offer classes with less than 10 people in a classroom, so it'd be nine students and a teacher, um, to just start some considering. And, the, and then what they were doing is on those five scenarios, they had a list of questions. How does that impact learning? How does that impact students? How does that, et cetera, et cetera. So in other words, they're just trying to get us to start considering and planning, not you know, making no final decisions aren't going to be made for a while, but like to have some thoughts on these different scenarios of how next fall might um, possibly start. So a lot of unknowns. Who knows? And practices with sports all in the air as well. As of right now, 
no weight room gatherings, none of that stuff. I heard, again, I heard um, a person talking, this was a couple of weeks ago about they were going to come to you and see if they could start bringing less than 10 groups, of kids, less than 10 into the weight room. And again, I'm triggering, like you're in the denial phase right now that this is yeah. not really, yeah, we weren't quite to acceptance, even as the staff and as coaches, like, I think we're all at different phases of this too. Cause it's really, really hard for coaches not to start to gather with their kids and work on skills. I know they're, they're pumping out skills to kids to work on, but I know it's hard for them too. So. That was one of the um, NSAA's questions was um, a coach can communicate in a zoom video, video format emails or something with their students, but they cannot encourage students to get together to do workouts right now. Mm -hmm. You cannot have two students in the same six foot vicinity um, and you can't have they even talked about don't even go don't encourage groups of more than 10 to go to the football field spaced out because they say now you're encouraging a gathering you go well but the the 15 people that are on the football field are spaced out they said that's a violation as well right now so they're just trying to put a lot of teeth in this and the whole point is clearly what's been dictated from public health is working because Nebraska was projected to have over 400 deaths from the coronavirus. Um, two weeks ago, they backed that down to 280 because of the, the social distancing measures are clearly working. Mm -hmm. Well, now they're saying the total deaths might be under 50, might be around 50. So even though we're sacrificing and you're sacrificing and then students and everyone are making a lot of sacrifices, it's clearly working um, as far as minimizing the spread of a virus. and. Um, so anyways, I'll leave it up to the public health officials. I'll just follow their guidelines because I'm required to um, and go from there. So and just encourage guys, this bottom line, I want you to stay healthy. I want all of our staff to stay healthy and um, this is, let's just be healthy and safe. And um, as soon as we can follow all the guidelines, we can maybe get back to a new normal. Awesome. Thanks for answering all the questions today. I think we have we've covered them all. We've talked for a very yeah. long time. I made you talk for longer. So that's good. Thanks. Thanks for joining me in my office. That's right. <laughs> in, in, in my kitchen office here uh, to anyone who's listening to us on iTunes. Um, thanks. We'll be back next week. Pump this out. We've got on YouTube, iTunes. Um, I even started a little Instagram TV. So I have lots of places that you can get all your questions answered. And if you know of like a family or other parents or students who have questions, send this their way. Cause I think it talks about a lot, uh, a broad array of things that maybe all the kids need to hear too. So awesome. Very good. We'll be back next week. See everybody.